The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him. The reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, And whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like I said at the beginning of Mass, this is something we hear regularly just before we receive the Eucharist. And in John's Gospel, this title is meant to tell us a lot about who Jesus is and the mission he accomplished. And to those Hearing this phrase, very familiar with celebrating the Passover, the Paschal Lamb that was sacrificed every year, it's pretty clear what John is talking about. Jesus is the Paschal Lamb, sacrifice of Passover. When the people were freed from slavery in Egypt and brought out through the desert to the promised land, they were saved from slavery of of slavery, lack of freedom, and saved from death because the tenth plague was the angel of death that passed over and it was the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb that saved them from that death. And so John is telling us and telling people then that Jesus is the true Passover Lamb whose blood saves us from the slavery of sin and from death as we know it and brings us eternal life. This idea that what happened in Jesus was prefigured or foretold in the events of the Old Testament is a fundamental and miraculous part of our faith. The New Testament isn't simply continuation of the Old. Rather, in God's plan, the Old Testament was planned from the very beginning after our first sin in the Garden of Eden to show us what God was going to truly accomplish in Christ. And so, the center of our salvation is Christ that God prepared us for 
and the old Passover was teaching us what the new eternal Passover, Jesus, the true Lamb of God, was to do for us. And he does several things that we call our salvation. I'd like to talk about it. One of them is he is a sacrifice for our sins. You heard this a lot, right? It's important to understand that in a healthy way. And I think it's a mystery. Personally, I can't fully explain it. But it's important for us to ponder and try to explain ourselves. But one thing we should not interpret this as, as some people do, is that God is angry. God is a cruel God and needs a human sacrifice like human beings did before to achieve the angry God because of our sin. It's got to be something more loving and different than that. Here's how I explain it. We were originally created in the Garden of Eden to be with God, to be in harmony with God, to see God, to be in harmony with one another and all creation. We were intimate with God. But because we had free will, we sinned and turned away from God. And so there is a separation. And we are divided from God. And so what does God do in Christ Jesus? God becomes part of our humanity, the incarnation, to bring us back and to be the bridge between God and humanity. And the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, if he's going to be truly human and truly God, he has to experience everything a human being experiences, which includes death. But his death was the death at the hand of our sin. He was perfectly good. And we see the height of our sinfulness as we rejected God's perfect gift to us. And so from the cross, he forgives them of our sins. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And he responds to sin without sin. He loves to the end. He's obedient to the Father's will and plan. So on behalf of our humanity, he becomes and is what we forfeited. Perfectly obedient to God. And so by his perfect offering on our behalf, he reconciles us and brings us back. He is the bridge. But that's not all. Right? The bridge is now there, but we must travel. And so, we have the opportunity to be reconciled to God through Christ Jesus if we confess our sins and accept the sacrifice of Jesus to become one with us, to be reconciled, recognize Him as true God and true man. And then, most importantly, the forgiveness of our sins, the combination or the joining of ourselves again back to God, gives us the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. John says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but also who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's presence, God's love, God's grace truly in us. And so the salvation in Jesus does two things. Number one, it saves us, it justifies us, gives us eternal life, reunites us into God's family. But it's 
supposed to do more than that. That's just our new birth. That's our first step. The other thing the Holy Spirit wants to do, and we hear about in this second reading, is to sanctify us. And Paul says we all have a call to holiness. It is not our purpose to simply be satisfied that Jesus saves us. We must grow in that grace to become mature and loving people, holy and pure. It's a lifelong task, but that's our goal. So, today, family, after that long theological introduction, I'd like to do a little practical talk about how to be holy. It's something that is actually hard to do, but God gives us the grace. And so the first thing I like to say about being holy, it involves two things, who we are and what we do. And of course, who we are is most fundamentally important because what we do flows from that. So let's focus first on who we are. We are people who experience sin. And sin divides us from God. And so our first step to becoming a better person is to repent and turn from sin. With the help of God, the Holy Spirit in our prayer convicts us. It shows us our faults in a gentle and loving way. It doesn't crush us. And so we are called to recognize our sin, where we fall short, where we've done wrong, like the commandments, or where we fail to be a loving person, or we're being selfish or self-centered about our own agenda. And these things, with God's help, we recognize, repent from, and then ask God to take these faults from us. It's an important part of our spiritual life. Number two, the Holy Spirit also wants to give us virtue. Faith, hope, love, patience, gentleness, kindness, honesty, fortitude, integrity. There's a long list of them. And these we can think of are like flowers in a garden. Think of the sins as weeds. God wants to help us take away the weeds and implant more of the virtues in our life. And so part of our prayer life is to ask for God for the virtues and to practice those virtues. And we become a more beautiful creation of God, capable of showing His love to others. I want to talk a little bit about what we do. We are called to be holy, which means our actions should follow God's will. That's the key goal of our spiritual life, to do God's will. We've heard it in the Psalms today. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. And the Holy Spirit is God's will being revealed to us. And in our prayer, we should look at the situations in our life, our family situation, our relationships, our job, our community, everything, and try to discern not what is our will, but what is God's will. And that is holy. And so, many people ask me, and I struggle myself, how do you know God's will? How do you do God's will? It's really difficult. 
many people, not many people, some people I talk to share with me that in their prayer they feel they hear God's voice in a very supernatural way, showing them and telling them God's will. I think that's a gift that is not the ordinary, but I think it's a gift we could all develop a little better than we already do. But it's important to know that God wants us to do His will through a very, much more seemingly natural way. God has given us Jesus Christ. He's true God and true man. And He is the pattern for what it is to be a holy human. And so, one of the ways that's important to do God's will and to know God's will is in prayer, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Get to know Jesus and His teachings, preserved also in the teachings of the Church, better, so that our heart becomes one with God. Our mind becomes according to His mind. And our eyes see the world as He sees the world. The Holy Spirit transforms us so that in a very natural way, we recognize God's will. And so both supernatural, but also the very natural way to form ourselves into Christ and allow God to form us into Christ's likeness. Another thing that I think is helpful is doing God's will sometimes is not a matter of sitting around and waiting for God to tell me what to do. God, I don't feel mostly gives you this hit, knock over the head and tell you what is His will. God gives us free will, and He wants us to act in accordance with that free will. Sometimes we discern God's will by taking a risk, stepping out and faith what we think is God's will, and then evaluating in the past. So did that turn out okay? Did that bring about good? If so, maybe I should do more of that. But if not, maybe I should change course a little bit. And so trial and error in our prayer life, reflecting on our life, is another way that we really discern God's will. Here's what I like to image doing God's will as a beautiful image for me. Imagine a river, and the river is flowing, and that flowing river is God's will. The flowing river is the Holy Spirit in our world. The flowing river is God, God's self. And in that river, we could be like a rock, stationary, refusing to go along with the flow. And that rock becomes resistant. We have white water, we have rapids, we have turbulence. And our life can become very difficult, resisting God's will. So think of your life as a leaf on the surface of that water, flowing down the river, moving around the rocks and the obstacles, sometimes getting caught in a little indentation of the soil, but eventually moving on. Our life is following God's will to be more like that. And sometimes that leaf might see something, if it had a mind, see something over on the shore and say, I want to go over there, I want that new house, I want that new job, I want that new boyfriend or girlfriend. And it may not really be according to God's will. So we find ourselves kind of not going totally against it, resisting God's direction. So sometimes we have to recognize that the source of a lot of these problems is that we're not doing God's will, but we're trying to do our will. And 
surrender will be like that week. In other words, being very open to God in every situation in our lives. And so, just three practical ways to help discern God's will. Becoming one in mind and heart with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, trial and error, and trying to evaluate our life like that leaf going down the river. Finally, I'll close. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He forgives us, reconciles to God, fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we may be saved and we may be made holy. He prefigures this salvation through the Old Testament. You know what? He also established at the Last Supper this Eucharist. This Eucharist is the Passover of the New Testament. It is the Passover originally intended by God. And just as miraculously as God could prefigure Christ in the first Passover, God is truly present in this eternal covenant, this eternal sacrifice of the new covenant. His saving sacrifice is present in a way we can't fully understand. And His will is to do this in memory of me. So He said at the Last Supper. Because by joining ourselves to Christ, we actually travel that bridge. Due to our sins, we die. But attached to Him, made one with Christ and His perfect sacrifice, we share in His eternal life, His resurrection. God's will, most fundamentally, is that we participate in this sacrifice each week. It's hard. And so, even though it's hard to do God's will, sometimes we fail, one thing we can do is come to this sacrifice and follow His command to do His will. Do this in memory of me. And say to Him, Lord, I tried this week. I fell short. But my desire to do your will as my best offer and join to your perfect sacrifice. Accept my imperfect sacrifice and help me better.